like Brad, you're the Democrat, so I mean, no, can easy, you tell easy. us? Them like, can't you just use the hard D? You gotta use I mean, the light Democrat. I'm By the way, Ben is the Democrat. I mean, is, I mean yes. both of you. So, like, yeah, can't you just like explain to the lowly, simple-minded libertarian, sure. like Ileana and myself, uh-huh. why this is possibly a good thing? No, I but don't I get it. No, but I can I can very clearly explain to you why we get to pass laws like this. <laughs> Like why? Why we are the ones who are putting forth legislation that I now support, apparently. But why we get to put forth legislation? Is that because you have won? Is that because you have actually won and are in power? No, we haven't won. You've lost. <laughs> oh. I mean, no, you're, but you're, let's you're, be clear. Nobody's winning. Nobody's no, winning. winning anything. <laughs> Nobody's no. winning. Thank you, Ben. If no, anybody no, no, feels ben. like they're winning, they're fucking wrong. Nobody's winning. <laughs> Libertarian. Ben and I are in the game. Just... Yeah, yeah, Ileana, we are not in the game. <laughs> no, we're not. We're oh, not even man. in the league. Greetings and welcome to the Fist Community Show. We are a group of internet randos brought together by a shared appreciation for lively discussion, considerate disagreements, and irreverent humor. Follow us on Twitter at Fifth Community. Find fellow seditionists by using the hashtag Fifthem and follow the Fifthem Club on Clubhouse. And as always, in the words of Camille Foster, be brave, call bullshit. this very special episode of the fifth column community show to talk not about baseball not about the dodgers not about squid game but about the extension of selective service to women um and we have assembled a very illustrious crew of commentators um on this show I am Ileana. I uh, know nothing about the military, though I have strong opinions about it, because that's just the kind of person I am. Um, We also have Aaron. Yeah. um, I, yeah, my name's Aaron. Blowing vape clouds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, my name's Aaron, and I I guess the only qualification that I have is that um, I I have none. I'm not I'm not somebody who is in the military. Um, I actually tried to go into the military twice and was rejected from both the Army and the Coast Guard. Um, And. Yeah, I mean, I I care about this because I have a I have a daughter, but um, that's that's not the my biggest reason why this is something that I care about. Thanks, Aaron. Um, We also have Brad. 
Yeah. Also, no knowledge of the military, no experience in the military. Um, so, so far, three for three on none of us knowing what we're talking about, um, which is all building up to the only person who knows what he's talking about. Well, and none <laughs> of us of. are women, too, no, well, <laughs> except for Ileana. <laughs> I mean, wow. But it's like Ileana. Wow. Ileana wow. goes. You erased goes, her. No, yeah. Ileana goes and decides that the three people that we're going to have talk about this are going to only be men. So I'm a thousand percent not speaking for women. You like, know, the internalized I, yeah. misogyny is very strong in me. What can I say? Yeah, that is true. That's yeah. the Soviet in you. That's right. So our, our fourth special guest who knows something of what we're talking about, Ben. No, it, it's been, if people have been listening to the community show, they've heard my voice before. They know I was in the Army for uh, a while, from 2003 to 2008, in the infantry. So I know a little bit about being in the military. Uh, I don't know anything about selective service in terms of um, what the draft era uh, was like beyond reading a book, though. So um, so it's... Uh, I, I won't. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'll have to dominate this one because, frankly, it's really about bringing people in from the outside to the inside of the military, and what a fraught process that would be. Right. So, uh, so let me give just a, a little bit of a of an overview of what the issues that we're talking about. So, in the uh, the latest. Uh, National uh, Defense Authorization Act, there is a, an amendment that extends selective service registration to women. Um, so selective service is, you know, also known as the draft. Um, it first came into being uh, around the first world war um, and it went through several iterations um, but until now, um, it has only applied to men. So the way selective service works is if you, as soon as you turn 18, you are supposed to register for selective service. Um, there are some conscientious objectors, uh, the most famous of whom in, uh, in fifthdom is probably Matt Welch who has written extensively about how he was a conscientious objector. Um, anyway, very few people have been prosecuted for not registering for selective service, but um, not registering comes with uh, a number of penalties uh, in various states, such as um, not being eligible for federal student loans, um, in some states not being able to get a driver's license. Um, so it's not, you know, this isn't something that is enforced with a heavy hand, but there are real consequences for failing to register. Um, so, uh, in 2016, I, 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 if I'm right, um, all combat positions in the U.S. military were open to women. Um, women still need to, you know, qualify. Um, and, you know, I, this is something I hope we can talk about a little bit later. There are like, you know, physical fitness and aptitude tests that, you know, everyone needs to pass in order to qualify. Um, so women are still subject to that, but all combat positions have been open to women since 2016. 
In 2019, there was a, uh, a lawsuit that ruled that restricting selective service to men was unconstitutional. And now here we are. Uh, the NDAA version that was passed by the House does include an amendment that extends selective service to women. Uh, the Senate is going to vote on their version, I think, in the coming month. And Biden has indicated that he will sign um, the bill once it's on his desk with the amendment that extends selective service to women. So this is where we are. And I am curious on any thoughts that people have about the draft, about women in the military, women in combat roles, um, etc., etc. Who would like to start? If Ben's not going to start, I mean, somebody else will have to. <laughs> well, I, I think it's smart if I don't just run my mouth for, you know. For okay, well, I'll give you something that you can run your mouth on. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, good. Go for it. Okay, so if... 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 Uh, presuming this passes and is signed, obviously there needs to be like a further presumption that the draft is used again for this to kind of, for the rubber to kind of hit the road here. Correct. Um, and the draft has not been used since Vietnam. Thank you. Yeah. And You're so welcome. if, but in the event that the draft were used, uh, wouldn't this create just kind of a massive logistical issue um that the military leaders like if i feel like a lot is being put off here i mean like basic questions like um are the barracks like per gender um what logistical like considerations have to be given to the fact that the kind of gender split would be harder um under a draft scenario um, what, do you, do you know, as someone who's, who's served very honorably, but also has read one book on this particular subject, <laughs> do you know whether, like if, if this passes and if a draft were used, would, uh, the leadership in the military, like, would they be, be, be able to pick fewer women for logistical reasons to kind of optimize their, um, they're kind of standing against whatever adversary we would be up against, or would they be forced like in real time to figure all this out on the fly? Because I can't imagine a lot of thought is going to go into this because people probably presume this isn't going to happen. I mean, even if that's the law, it's like the, the idea of the draft being used is kind of a thing you can think about at a future date. I mean, thoughts? Well, that last part is very important to think about, right? Like, we didn't do it for Iraq and Afghanistan, a two-theater. The situation with the American military spread pretty far afield between, again, two theaters, just like World War II. Um, I think a lot of... So, so that... that I mean, it didn't happen then. I, I would imagine it's going to be hard for me to envision a situation that's not like outright war with China or uh, Russia that would necessitate something like a call-up of the Selective Service draft, uh, the current incarnation of which uh, is a lottery system. So what happens is, like, you get a card. It's got a number on it. And if your number gets called, 
you're, you go. Now, that lottery uh, has been random at times. It has been like numbers above X uh, uh, are, f- are safe, but numbers below X are going. Um, isn't, it, isn't it like birth dates? It, it's, I mean, that's, that's one way they used to do it in, in the yeah. Vietnam era. By, but it, I mean, I want to be clear, like it changes a lot. It's a very different draft than like the World War II draft, which was basically everybody. I mean, it, like you had to have like, you know, 4F, you couldn't possibly, you know, you would be a burden to the service to be in the service kind of a thing. Uh, and then to go back to the Civil War, which had a draft, but it wasn't what we would call selective service, you know, you could buy your way out. You could literally pay a guy to go in your stead, and a lot of rich people did. Um, the, it, it's it's hard for me to say what this, what they'd be able to get away with because you have to, you know, military necessity gives you a lot of leeway, but you still have to have some kind of preponderance of fairness, right? So I don't know. I really don't uh, know how they would be able to divvy it up um, I can tell you that if they had to surge a bunch of civilians from, you know, basically high school into the military, it would create a lot of logistical problems. Again, they would only do that if they really just needed the manpower or woman power in this case. Um, you know, it's worth pointing out that we're not, this is not unique to the United States. Russia did it in the Soviet era. The Israeli defense forces famously draft you unless you're a Orthodox Jew. And even then, I guess there's been some friction about that. So we're not the only conscripted or have a conscription element to it uh, military that's ever been on the planet Earth. Uh, You know, I I think that the the questions about what – I think the real questions are like, hey, do we really even need a draft? Like that's the first one. Do we need a selective service? Does it make sense to even have it to pay for it? Because, again, unless it's war with China or Russia, it doesn't seem like we're going to do it. a and the other uh, question I have about it is like, is this just some symbolic nonsense? I mean, is, is this just like some symbolic pandering kind of thing? I mean, which I guess you know it, it's it's it is what it is. And then I guess there's a third thing that I think about it, which is it does kind of run into some of the feminist legal theory stuff that's out there um, that a lot of uh, lawyers and judges have been you know proponents of and have really. Uh, New danced around the edges of some of these legal arguments forever um, about women in the military, women in combat roles, women now available to you know conceivably become special. Well, actually, I actually think special forces is still barred to women. I think, well, I think we. I think I thought I thought buds actually graduated their first female Navy SEAL. Mm, it's possible. I mean, I, I'm just yeah. not. But buds isn't so something to keep in mind. Buds does not make you a SEAL. That's step one. There's a lot more after that. Okay. So it, it's... I thought, it, well, whatever. Well, I, I thought there was yeah. at least... There's been at least a, a female Navy. So oh, no, no, there's... there's believe, def- you, you might be right. Uh, I know there's definitely been a woman that graduated buds. There are women that have graduated Ranger School, but uh, Ranger School is not... You're not in the Ranger Regiment. Oh, uh, yeah. My brother-in-law is exactly like that. Yeah. So yeah. so there's some semantic stuff that, that does have some, like, very deterministic kind of, of things in there. And then to get into the logistics of things, I mean, we're pretty far cry from Starship Troopers co-ed shower type stuff, right? Like that's <laughs> that's probably never going to be on the docket for everybody. Um, and if it is, you're in some dire straits where it's like we only have 
30 seconds of hot water. So here's your choice. You guys can each get 15 or you can get naked and get in there for 30 seconds and all, everybody can go at once. That's the kind of stuff where you would have like some craziness like that, right? Like something just insane. Like some weird situation where you're like invading Iraq and you've stopped it somewhere that has a hot shower kind of a thing. I don't know. I mean, there's... It, 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 you can get all kind of... of, of obsessive about it. The, the questions that a lot of guys I know had, uh, and they can't talk about, because this is one thing where like some of the woke stuff has gotten into the military and maybe they should talk about it, but may, you know, no one wants to, which is that the argument I hear is that now, yeah, the standards are, are remain the same to graduate all these schools, but yeah. the, condi- the conditions that you do them under have changed. Like they can't just smoke the piss out of you before you, you take the PT test because uh, everyone's got to pass now, or they, they can't afford to like cause that kind of uh, a failure rate that they used to do, for example. Um, and that's um, you know that that's uh, that that's not changing the standard, but that does change the conditions, right? So it's a whole different thing if you have to make seventy two push ups when you're like fresh and fine versus like the the guy's got a hose on you and somebody's like standing over you calling you like, you know, just all the mean stuff that they they possibly can get away with. Like those are two very different scenarios to ask someone to complete 72 pushups in. Right. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not in it. I never served in a, in a fully co-ed uh, military. I mean, I definitely can tell you women saw combat. Women did very well in combat when I was there. Um, but I never had to like, you know, be in the same platoon with a woman. It would have been interesting. Um, I have a lot of questions about, Hey, how, you know, cause I remember so many of these guys, like even you're, you're so close to people, you can't help but being up, up in each other's business. Like that's just gonna be, it's gonna cause problems, I think. Um, or at least it's going to cause misunderstandings, right? Like at, at minimum, you're going to have like, I wasn't doing anything. And it's like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's not an, it's not a non-issue. Yeah. So um, I have been spending some time on the women in the military Wikipedia page. um, And I've come across some really, really interesting uh, details. So uh, the first one that, you know, I'm interested in everyone's thoughts on was a uh, a 2015 Marine Corps study. that it was a, like a nine-month experiment at Lejeune and 29 Palms. Uh, it included 400 Marines, including 100 women. And this was like a, a training assessment. Uh, and the results are very interesting. Um, male squads demonstrated better performance on 93 of 134 tasks evaluated. Um, Male Marines who had not received infantry training were more accurate than women who had. Um, In removing wounded troops from the battlefield, notable differences in execution times were found between all male and gender integrated groups. Unit cohesion was lower in mixed gender units. Um, And there's an interesting detail uh, about the IDF, um, which... Uh, in which women, this is the Israeli Defense Forces, in which women do serve in combat. Um, so they found two things. The first one is that Israeli soldiers react with uncontrollable protectiveness when a woman gets wounded on the battlefield. And also, Islamic militants 
rarely, if ever, surrender to female soldiers. So. So, I, I mean, I kind of, I hate to kind of like even step back a little bit further. I think there's kind of two, I mean, I think we can go and go down the whole road of women in the military. Um, and which, I mean, I have no problem with women being in the military, but um, the the thing that I think also we need to kind of pay attention to is the, like the way that it affects people right now. And I think, I mean, I might be the, the class warrior of the group, but this a thousand percent to me, at least like this is, this is just another way to add 50 percent you know the other 50 percent of the of american 18 year olds to go and hurt people who are poor i mean people who don't have the parents to go and make sure that they go and sign up for selective service within 30 days of their 18th birthday i mean if you're if you're somebody who's lower income you don't maybe you don't even have a home address. I mean, you are at, I mean, it, it, that, that in and of itself can completely, you know, screw you for the rest of your life. And I, and I feel like all this is doing is just going and making sure that there's, you know, the other, the other half of, of the population is, you know, entered into this, you know, contract with the state, you know, just as, as the men are like, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like it's going to be used for anything else, honestly, especially right now. This isn't a counter to your point, but I, I do, since I read the law, I do believe they changed, like they made the kind of punishments for not registering more lenient. Oh, did um, they? In, okay. In the, in, I not in ways that I can articulate like specifically, but I there was a lot of language um, aside from changing all the genders like in the law or to also add like further leniency. But that's that's not a counter to what you just said. That yeah, uh, the points your point still stands. So yeah, I mean, I mean, that's I mean, to me, that's like I guess my my two feelings on it are are in peacetime. My issue is, is that, you know, all this is doing is in peacetime is going to hurt people who are poor and disadvantaged. End of story. And then in time of war, it's, I mean, it's going to hurt. I mean, I personally believe not even because you have women in the military or just men in the military, but I think, that a volunteer military is far more effective than a military that is that is conscripted. So, I mean, that's I guess that's like kind of my two positions on it. But I, I mean, it's good if they're if they're maybe becoming more lenient. But I I, I mean, it's still not. I mean, I mean amazing. You is, know? Isn't that fairly well like the volunteer versus conscription? Isn't that fairly well subscribed? So we're talking about kind of. In generic terms, an emergency situation. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I honestly don't know the matchup on it, right? Like, I don't know if, like, force on force, 
what the record is like because it's, it's going to have like a you know conscripted versus professional military breakdown. The reality is though, the American professional military is not batting too hot on average, frankly. No, really. You're, okay. I mean, well, we, when you go you know, go into that, Ben. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, like you know, look at. Is winning a battle is not achieving strategic objectives. Okay, so like we can absolutely crush everybody in a firefight and still lose anything that actually matters. We're we're not doing so hot, right? So in the post-Vietnam era, you have like Grenada. Okay, that's a W. Desert Storm. That's kind of a W, but in retrospect, maybe it was not like a, a, a maybe it was better to be. You know, maybe maybe whatever you want to say, it's more complicated now after Iraq uh, in '03 and. And, uh, and still going. Um, so you have Grenada, Desert Storm, Iraq, Afghanistan, Djibouti, and all these countless like low intensity conflicts, which are, are I mean, the, and I say countless, like it's it's insane to think about how much time we spent in Colombia or the Philippines doing these low intensity, like dealing with like this one island in, in the middle of Indonesia from the Philippines, you know, just all of these crazy little things that SOCOM is kind of associated well, even with. East, all of East Africa. Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's so much and, and, and our record isn't, you know, it's not very good. Frankly, I would not say that. I, I mean, if you're going to sit here and defend like America's, you know, ability to achieve strategic objectives militarily i would say that it's not like it's not a good record um and, and i and i don't know what to say about that i know that the draft won't help that i mean that's a different story and it's it's it, it makes things more complicated in terms of like talking about a, a volunteer force versus a professional force but you can send the professional force uh, out to do these things in this like really kind of covert way with like limited you know conventional support uh, here and there precisely because it's a professional military. If people start learning that their kids are dying in Djibouti to secure the, the you know like literally roads by for for like these I don't even know what to call it but some kind of we have some kind of alliance there that we have some kind of interest in that area. Uh, and it's, it's not, well, and it's not just counterterrorism <laughs> either. Right. So like, yeah, Camp Lumen year. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's, it's just gets nuts. So can I, can I ask you a, like a high, like just a random hypothesis? Um, do you think that the fact that in the post Vietnam era, we have not had an effective military is due to the fact that it's, you know, it has to do with conscription or not, or is it far more of a, an issue of kind of the military industrial complex and how, how that has kind of those two things have influenced each other and how really just the leadership of the military over the last you know, 35, 40 years, how that has maybe not been, I mean, I would say like who is, who's, who's an amazing general, maybe Mattis, but like since then, but since Schwarzkopf, right? Well, I mean, so I'm going to squip, like, I'm, I'm going to squip this a little bit and say that you're right on the last part of the thing saying that leadership is definitely a big factor in it, right? So the, the generals that have been in power and been running the military over the last 30 years don't, it's clear that they don't have like a good handle. And then the second thing I'm going to say is 
the missions that they are given by Congress and by the president oftentimes are not conducive to being simple and easy and, uh, you know, uh, we're you know like going into Iraq. Does that make any sense at all? Right from a big strategic perspective. In 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 hindsight, we kind of all know that that was a horrible idea. Um, why you know why didn't more people resign over it? Right, like you had to know this wasn't going to end well. More people resigned over like betraying the Kurds than resigned over us going into Iraq from the military brass side of things. And maybe you could say some of it was 9-11. I don't know. But anyway, so leadership is definitely a huge factor in it. The mission choice is another huge factor in it. And I can only, I'll focus on a success. So like you look at what we've done in the uh, uh, in like Macedonia or North Macedonia now and Sarajevo, uh, Sarajevo but um, like all the former Yugoslavia, right? Like we went in there and, and it actually, it, it didn't solve all the problems, but it it definitely helped because we were seen as like not ha- you know we weren't french we didn't have we, we didn't have ties going back to the austro-hungarian empire in in the, these parts of this disparate nation um, you know he wrote the, the the kaplan wrote balkan ghosts as a warning to the united states not to go in there well clinton goes in there and it works out i mean it's it's the, it's this it's this surprising win but part of that comes from also when we entered it right so like yugoslavia breaks up after uh oh my brain is just shot uh, it's what ni- 1990 1989 yeah no, it was 89 right around that when the, that when, <laughs> uh, when ceausescu dies that was 89 yeah, so Ceausescu dies. So, like, okay, man, my, I'm sorry, guys. I have COVID, so people like, why has Ben misfiring? That's part of it. Um, ben, yeah. yeah, Ben has COVID. Yeah, I have a brain yeah, and we're all COVID. we're all together in a closet. I'm breathing right, heavily exactly. on everyone in the Washington <laughs> yeah. area. Um, um, so, so, yeah, I mean, so there's this uh, Kaplan who's this pretty well-read, you know, kind of knows the area, traveled the area, saying this is a bad idea, going in, it works. So you have this unexpected victory, but people forget that for the same reason that it kind of worked out when we went into Japan after World War II and basically took it over, is that it was a desolated, destroyed, leveled, flattened, genocide, you know, just massive levels of catastrophe had happened to everyone. So, like, the idea that the U.S. is there and they're, you know, and literally, it's not like we go around trying to shoot people in the head. So, literally, like, just like, hey, why are we all fighting? Literally, you guys showing up, here's some water, here's some food, let's all sit down and shut up for a little bit. And it stayed like that. That works. That works. When, when you've wrecked everything, it's really easy to be people's friends, right? Like, we have food, and we're not going to ask you for anything. We're not going to try to have sex with you. We don't want to bother you. We're not trying to execute you. We're not trying to torture you for fun. Lots of militaries engage in that in the I mean, we're going to take a lot of your natural resources at a reduced price. We're going to pay you for them, but it's going to be a reduced price. And yeah, well, well and, and, and shit uh, like that. But. And, uh, well, you, you can go with that, but honestly, when you're looking at, like, literally your whole town is leveled, like, it doesn't seem like a bad deal at the time, right? Like, Oh, no, I agree with you, yeah. So, you know, you can argue about if it gets exploitative at some point. You, you, you're right, and I'm not going to – I don't want to dig into it. I'm just saying, like, it's easier to win – uh, or to to get people on your side when you come in and you just you bring them food and water and you're just trying not to like 
you know, you're not trying to break stuff even more. It's a whole different thing when you actively are the initiator, invade, wreck the place, and then try to say, hey, now that we broke your shit, can we be friends? Ben, going back to the giraffe, though, I, I wish I would have just totally interrupted you when you said this so I could remember the context, but you you were saying that, uh, I forget what it was about, but that the draft makes things worse. Um, so if that if that is true, um, I mean, is that an opinion that is shared by military leadership? And wouldn't that mean that the extension of the draft to include women, setting aside whatever objections one might have that I personally don't to women in the military, doesn't it? Doesn't this make it harder for them? So, wouldn't military leadership be? sort of opposed to this in general? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're an army general, again, you're not going to order it unless you need, and I mean need with like capital letters, like you just need the people, you need the bodies. We're fighting China and it's it's to the death, right? Like, so and you... Yeah, I don't ever think, like, I don't, especially in, in, the, in the way modern warfare is done, like, is conducted, I... What is, where are you going to need, you know, hundreds of thousands of bodies? Like, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like it was in Vietnam, you know, where, I mean, you were basically combing the freaking jungle with, you know, 50,000 troops in Vietnam, 70,000 troops in Vietnam at a time. I think it even got over a hundred thousand troops in it. Yeah. Like if, if we're if we're using the draft in the future, don't we have like far bigger fucking problems? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Than I mean, women. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, not even than women. No. Just in yeah. General. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, all of the above is right. The reason that so the women are are of course always a problem, but I just meant in general. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't going wow. for that, but uh, <laughs> um, you know. So so I'm just saying that. Um, you're all right. I mean, you're absolutely right. Like it, it is, it is a problem, right? So like you bring in a whole group of draftees, you have to do what's called the cohort model. So the cohort model means that like they train them up for like four weeks, they take existing military forces. So like they would take an army platoon and they would divide it up into a, in a battalion. So you have like all these guys that have like actual experience now go to these these little little units are literally with people fresh off the boat after they've had like an initial four weeks of welcome to the army here we go and then they have you know another again and this depends on the time six to eight weeks of training with the people that have been there for a while but you have to do that kind of dilution of your highly your, your i would say highly but better trained personnel to achieve a conventional force that's not just going to get crushed in in you know the first you know 30 seconds of, of a firefight right and and that presupposes old tactics too, right? So we're not we're not even to the era of like talking about what happens if you get a swarm of drones just you know barreling down with like flamethrowers and burning everyone alive. Like I I'd make that as like a, a case, but I, I mean I don't know. The future seems to be less actual personnel on the front lines and right. more equipment 
on the front lines. So when it comes to like personnel and, and stuff, I just think it's the brass wanting to make sure that they have the option to, to do it. And frankly, a little bit of nostalgia for the, the great war that made, that makes America feel good. Um, and always makes everybody feel good, which is world war two, right? Like it's, it's, it's a little bit of that. It's that like we, we've maintained this capability to fight that war all over again. And I, I don't under I, I don't understand that, but there's definitely I mean the army changed its uniform back to the the classic World War II era uniform after they went away from uh, the Union blue. Uh, so they went from greens to blues to now what's called pinks and greens, which is the World War II era dress uniform. I, I don't. I understand why there's a pull there, but I don't understand why we're trying to refight that war. Right? Like that should be squarely for the history books. You should read about it in the history books, and because it, it won't be that again. Like we're not going to have. Uh, I'd be shocked if we had something where uh, a massive war where space wasn't involved, where right. you could position, you know, carrier groups and drop airborne infantry behind enemy lines. Um, against China, like what, you know, I, I just don't see that being like a real thing that will ever happen uh, with a peer, com uh, what they call a near peer, because there is no peer for the United States, uh, near peer competitor battle. Sorry, I'm stuck on flamethrower drones. Is that a real concern? <laughs> have you, well, have you, I mean, no, I'm just, I'm using it because like I saw one and they do have them and I like them and I want Who's one. They? Uh, well, I saw one in China, and I and they just used it to burn some stuff off a telephone wire. I've seen a couple videos in the states. Go YouTube it, man. They're real flamethrower drones. I would think they would have bombs. Like that would be the one. I would, the flamethrower drone, I would be less concerned about. Yeah, you, you should be pretty concerned because if they catch a, a group of infantry out in the open, it's going to be a barbecue. Yeah, I was going to say if you can set stuff on fire, like yeah, that's. But then, well, I mean, but think, think about it. Well, yeah, well, okay. So, like, if so, here's so here's something where some some military experience might help you out. So, if you drop a bomb or a mortar, any kind of like explosive device, the only real worry you should have about it is if a it lands next to you, or b it explodes in the air, because if it just if it just hits the ground and it explodes, is anything like a drone is going to be able to carry? It's probably not going to, unless it gets really close to you, it's probably not going to do a damn thing to you except make a really loud noise. If, if it explodes in the air, the shrapnel can come down and that will mess you up. Because that'll get, like, even if it doesn't penetrate the, the vitals because you got the body armor on, it, it can get on your cheek, it can cut your, you know, cut your mouth open, it can make, you know, you, now you're, you, you've been reduced in capacity. A flamethrower. Uh, it catches you on fire. We'll, we'll catch right? whatever you've got on fire because everything you wear, although it's not is hard, it's hard to catch on fire, but it can be caught on fire, <laughs> especially if there's some kind of accelerant. Like carry on water. <laughs> oh my god! Well, so you know what? Stop, drop, and roll. You can stop, stop, drop, and roll. Wouldn't be a terrible idea, but you know that they figured out that there are ways to keep fires going, like. You know, burns yeah. like phosphorus, like phenol, well, phenolphthalein, yeah, that kind of stuff. Okay. Which so what, uh, I'm, okay. what I'm learning is that we really need to be a developing a more advanced stop, drop, and roll, like rather no, than I mean, it, it's just, draft. Yeah, it's, we need to go down to two steps instead of three. It's, I didn't it's, even know it's, I was worried about these drones, but now I am. 
Okay, well, I wasn't trying to actually, I mean, I was just making something up based on some YouTube videos I saw about them using them for to like clear utility lines of debris because it seems to be quite handy for that. But yeah, uh, this is now my yeah. main concern. Yeah, I clearly <laughs> flamethrower drones have got Brad very worried. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I yeah, I'm just saying that like if you threw that at like an exposed infantry company, there'd be problems. Now you could always say, oh, we'll develop countermeasures. It's like Okay, yeah, sure. Twelve gauge shotguns. Everyone will have, or we'll take forty millimeter uh, rock uh, grenade launchers and we'll load them with buckshot, basically, and use that to knock them down by that before they get there. Sure, that still means you got to carry it. That's still stuff you got to have. It's still you know something to be wary of, right? That's just one example of like the drone thing, right? Sorry, Brad. And you have to be able to see it before it gets to you too, right? I well, mean, it makes a noise, but like. And not to turn like a, a silly comment into a sort of serious point, but like the the drone of it all compared uh-huh. to the compared Ileana thinks I'm going somewhere I'm not. And carry on, I okay. carry on. The the drone part, like the the, the technological development of it all, like can I mean, can you realistically imagine a circumstance in which the draft would be necessary? Um, I mean, what, what, what would that even look like? Um, I mean, to get, it would have to be, as you said, like basically Russia or China, the time it would take to get the forces across oceans, there'd be a fairly big lead up in which one could do something. Um, like what, what does that look like? I mean, presumably it's us invading China or Russia, um, I mean, are there any other circumstances where the draft is even is even relevant other than kind of a full scale ground invasion? And is that even realistic? Uh, I mean, that's that's the thing, right? Like, um, I don't think it is realistic. Like, that's to me the the big if you're going to say, like, why we should get rid of the draft. That's why this is like if you did use the draft when you had to use. People were being, you know, doing 15, 18, 19 month deployments in Iraq and Afghanistan. And to give you some comparison there, like those are the longest combat deployments in uh, American history, like by a lot. Okay. Like, like if I go to a VFW and I taught the World War II guys, I rarely get somebody with more than a year in like Italy or France and Germany or, you know, even Marines in the Pacific. Um, and I, I mean, I'm usually the top guy with 31 months deployed. So it's like, what, it's, what wow. was it like in in Vietnam? Was it also kind of around a year? Six months, six, six yeah, to I was six say to nine six months. months. Yeah, it, it depends on the era. Short. Yeah, it it yeah. depends on the era. Six to nine months. So, so is this not not to use this overused word, but is this performative? That's absolutely. I mean, I, I don't and, know and how there's a way the, that it's not the, possibly. And who is the performance for? Um, right. Well, th- this is the real question, right? Like, I think it's a little bit of the the woke aspect of it, the, to use the, the crude shorthand, but it's that, like, egalitarian ERA thing of, like, no, women are going to be in combat, so we've, we've added you to combat arms, so now you're going to be drafted. Yeah, like, I mean, I forget the name of the congresswoman who introduced the amendment um, to the NDAA. I think it was, like, something like Houlihan. Um, Dude, she's, a, in, she's a veteran. 
Yeah, yeah, she's a veteran. But yeah. in 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 announcing like her amendment, like the press release that goes out on her congressional website and like explaining what she's doing, it was explicitly equity. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just don't know who. I mean, with the equity stuff on some topics, like I, I it's intelligible what like who the audience for that is and like you know what that word means in a kind of political way i like i don't know who who the um like who her constituent is that wants the draft expanded for purposes of equity uh, it's just it's a very like i would love to meet the meet those people and i frankly I, like i don't have an objection to like expanding the draft to include women it sort of makes sense to me. Um, you know, I'm open to any manner of arguments because as we said at the top of this, I don't know anything about this, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's just, it was just weird. I, I mean, I keep spotting the word equity at, like all over the place and it was just the weirdest spot to kind of see it. I mean, it made sense, but it's just like, who is this for? Like who who is going to be happy that the draft was expanded to include women because of equity presumably there must be a constituent on the other end because it's a politician doing a thing well i I think it is that group of people that equity is their watchword that is what they go for and additionally there are the the feminist legal scholars who are like equity driven like more women should be in prison equity driven like they're like hey this is (laughs) In, like literally, oh, like yeah, yeah, like more. The yeah, disparity like, is mental. Yeah, like no, like yeah. you know, like and and if you carry it through, it means like you know. But it all here's the funny thing to me as a divorce dad, it always stops at divorce, right? Like men and women shouldn't get the fifty fifty split of kids. It always stops there magically. <laughs> it never, it never, it never, it never continues through. But yeah, equity is the is the thing. Like I think that's the group of people they're trying to appeal to. And I and what I ask myself is is like, am I kind of coming at some of that with just a level of of being an obsolete person? Like, am I just old in my thinking in some ways? And um, I often come back to like the fifth column thing, uh, sedition with um, Megan Dom, and she asked that question like, "Are we just like outmoded? Are we just yeah. no longer the the folks in charge?" And I it got me watching um, some old All in the Family stuff because I was watching Archie Bunker, and um, I was like, "Yeah, this dude." You know, honestly, we could remake like people say, "Oh, you couldn't do it." Like you could remake Blazing Saddles now. You could make a sequel. People would dig it. You get Ryan Reynolds and and Dave Chappelle is it's Gene Wilder and you know uh, forget the other guy's name, but you know Clavon Little and and people would watch the shit out of that. Absolutely, people would dig it. But you could not make all all the family and people like that shit. People would hate Archie Bunker with a yeah. fiery rage yeah. and would hope like they. I mean, and all the bad things. Like I hope you watch your grandkids die of cancer. You racist old piece of white trash. You should just hurry up. Yeah, you know, just all the horrible shit would come out. Yeah, would you be laughing? No, honestly, <laughs> like he's like if you watch Archie Bunker, it's like legit. Like this dude is fucked up. Legit. Okay. So, yeah. so, so that's, but anyway, I'm just saying that whole spiel just gets me back to, that's what being outdated and obsolete really looks like, right? When like this thing cannot exist now. And not only like he was like the fan favorite, I think the Gleason made the most money, all that shit. 
It's the exact, it's 180 degrees from that. That's what obsolete really looks like when you are just not okay, when you are like, you know, that. So, yeah, I just, I just want to read the, the, the quote I referenced in the, into the record. This isn't a record, but um, <clears throat> yeah, it was uh, Congresswoman Houlihan, who was one of the co sponsors that introduced the amendment. And in an interview with uh, Roll Call, she said, equity is important and women have and women have constantly had to fight for a level playing field, and this change is a step in the right direction. I mean, that that I mean, it makes a sense. lot of people. She's not wrong. Yeah, and there's a whole. I mean, especially in law, right? There's a whole legal field that is devoted towards real equality between the sexes and outcomes. Yeah, the thing the thing is that the uh, the objections to this um, strike me as um, worse. I mean, they're basically moral, and not to like not to characterize people's arguments in a way that they wouldn't agree with, but I'll do it anyway. But it's basically women have certain roles. This would take away from their ability to perform them is kind of the vibe of them, which, um, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, I guess if you envision this situation, which will never happen, um, where this draft is, is used and women are, you know, um, brought up to join the military at like a equal, rate as men i mean it, it does there's something it looks different taking mothers away um i guess that sort of resonates with me a little bit but it, yeah it's- so so i i have um this is something that i came across years ago and it's stuck with me ever since um you know women have not basically ever performed in combat roles in history, uh, you know, like the legend of the Amazons notwithstanding. If that did happen, that was a very, very small-scale isolated case. Um, Women are a lot more biologically valuable to a society than men. That's just the way it is, right? Like, it takes, you know, two minutes of male involvement to produce an offspring biologically it takes at least two years of female involvement that's a very crude way of putting it but i like we until we are able to create and gestate babies in vats we're just not going to have equal outcomes i mean that's you know it's it's just the way it is which you know look like i think women should have the opportunity if they rise up to the standard to perform any occupation they want i i don't think tasks that involve intensive physical labor are the arena in which to strive for equity due to very obvious, undeniable population-level differences. Well, I mean, you, you, 
so that's another side of that like legal theory but now it's it's been commandeered with the the turf slash which well i should say turf but the the basically that no men and women are different there's that aspect of like the legal theory and feminist theory versus like the the everyone should be as equal as is humanly possible so you know it goes back to like women should be the same height as men women should have the same you know it's like all these be. things that all these things we, that, that, that they talk about that are like equity is the driver. Like the, the kind of people that if we said, hey, you can live in a neighborhood, you're going to have a million dollar home, you're going to have a one and a half million dollar home, you're going to have a $900,000 home, or you can live in this other neighborhood and you're all going to have $400,000 homes, so we're going to go with the $400,000 homes. You can't win, like you, you can't work with that, right? Like it, it's a pull that is that defies like any reasonable kind of expectation yeah. right so i you know with w- what this whole thing to me means is like it's performative it's absolutely performative because again uh, I, unless we go to war with russia or china and even then under only specific circumstances could i see us actually trying to you know do the draft and things like that um it's never going to happen i just yeah. I, I can't i can't imagine a situation where it would work out um where it would be done or even attempted. Well, to put it, put it this way, if, if there were a conflict on the horizon that was like semi real or like a concern among military leadership where the draft like was on the table as something that may be needed for national security purposes, would this be, would, would this be passed? Or is it because it can be pure, like purely as a performance thing? Like if That's if the draft question, if, if That's the, a great if question, the, yeah. If there was a, a looming war with China, and we knew that the draft may be on the table because that was the so, like the scale of the the conflict we were up against, would like would this be passed? I don't think so. I mean, I think that's. I think that's a yeah, it's an open choose your adventure kind of question, right? Like if, you know, gun to your head or gun to your kid's head really, are you going to okay it? I mean, cause, yeah, cuz it makes it would I could see kind of both ways cuz it's you want every person possible um depending on like the severity of the threat, but um yeah, it just seems like there there I mean I know the libertarians will freak out when I say like when we're in a time of relative peace, setting aside all your libertarian <laughs> objections to that statement. Uh-huh. Um, it seems like this is an easy thing to do um, to m- score, to make some kind of political point with some, some people that I, I don't know. I don't know who the that, audience that's is for the this. Thing. I, I, that's the thing I don't get is I don't understand. I mean, you know, like she is, she is a Democrat who's introducing this. Yeah. Like it's being introduced by a Democrat. It's, you know, to your point, it is on this kind of under this guise of being woke and, or, you know, being like kind of, you know, equal rights amendment type, um, type ground. But it's like, Democrats are not like, (laughs) Democrats are supposedly, allegedly, not, they're not supposed to be for war. 
Right. Mm, like Republicans are supposed to be for that, but Republicans would never ever do this. So it's like I don't I don't understand who the hell this possibly benefits and and why this is even even something and I, and I think Brad to your point I think that, like that question I think is an incredible question I, I honestly do not believe that if there was a looming conflict right now that this would be happening I absolutely do not believe that it would be happening I think that this is a hundred percent kind of a virtue signaling thing you know to your point and I, I yeah I, I couldn't agree more I, I think of it often as like the Lily Ledbetter Act but for the military mm. Mm. I mean, did it really change anything at all? Did women somehow make more money overnight? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just can't get over how strange this specific thing is because it's like who, who was calling for, who will be motivated to vote? It's like, yeah, our, our party. I mean, I'm vaguely a Democrat. It's like our party got that thing done vote for I us mean, we'll get more the, of the more of those things done yeah well, I, right I, like, I was gonna say we're out I, here i, I, I think that, I, I so to get to your, your point though i think that the thing that this kind of barely slightly um ERA stuff pulls from is the era right so yeah, they started yeah. passing it to state legislatures again a few years ago this gets rid of one more thing that they can yeah. put that in the constitution for because there is a there's this pe- the group of people that really want that and have wanted it and it does add like you know everyone's worried about bathrooms not too late there right for mo- you know i don't so it's just yeah. one more kind of log on the ground in front of the big 28th amendment yeah, and also the fact that this is just bundled into the must-pass, you know, NDAA, like, yeah. it's not open to debate on the floor, you know. Well, well, I mean, they did have to vote on it, so, sure. but, but it's, this is the kind of, like, thing that strikes me if, if, if this law were presented, like, s- totally separate from the NDAA, just as, like, mm-hmm. here's a thing we want to do. There's no way it right. gets passed. No, it, like it's it's like a it's passed as a function of like being buried underneath oh, a must pass piece yeah. of legislation, which that, is how a lot of things are obviously done. And that's I was going to say that's fine, though. Everyone, I knew you, you were going to say that's fine. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, good job not <laughs> saying that's, it's fine. And that's oh fine. God. Oh, <laughs> but no, it it just <sighs> imagine this piece of this being a standalone piece of legislation like debated on the house floor and like yeah like imagine the uproar yeah just the uproar like not even not even the uproar just the the huh like this this is yeah Yeah. why are we why are we doing that like i can't i can't see it um which makes it sort of even more kind of conspicuous it's like what not it's like you won't get the credit for having passed this presumably p- important piece of legislation because it's buried. Um, it's like who, who again, I can't, I would love an answer for who this is for. I get the kind of ERA tie. Like that does make sense. But um, it's a very, 
it's a very interesting way to go about making like victories um, or, you know, getting victories in that kind of. Well, I mean, I I think that that's just goes back to there's a part of the democratic party that shows up to all the meetings um, that, you know, equity is all they want. And some of the, especially some of the old women's lib people who have literally been in the democratic party since the ERA first started. Um, The forties. I want to say it was in the 60s. It could have been, yeah. Yeah. Yonks ago. <laughs> yeah, many, like, you know, many, a long time ago, but it really got underway earnestly in the 70s. So 50 years, and they want to see it too. So I think that there's that. And then there's also the fact that a lot of the, the you know, the text of the amendment is pretty simple. The consequences of it aren't. Um, you know, and this is one more thing that they can say, okay, look, bathrooms, check. They already have the bathrooms. Now you got this. You know, the next thing yeah. will, be cr- will be crime, which, again, weirdly enough, people seem to be like, no, we should incarcerate more women because clearly more women are committing, like, crimes, <laughs> which is like, I don't really know. Big cosine. I don't really know how we got there, but okay. Yeah, we yeah. need to make more stuff illegal. Yeah. So then more women but it has to be stuff that women, women predominantly, predominantly do. do yeah yes well <laughs> i mean you guys it's like when you, and this is gonna i don't want to derail this too much but you guys know that the big obstacle to all of the criminal justice reform stuff is all the federal money that goes to state and local policing for a variety of drug related stuff so if they start legalizing all these drug laws all that money goes away well we and can it, put it we can put it towards women well, uh, I'm just saying. Put it towards putting women in prison. Exactly. We could make all. How can, about how about if we make drugs legal for men and <laughs> illegal for women? Yeah, I will, and I, that will even out the, the no, no. prison population. How Taliban no, we, of you? Yeah, we can go back to like the old school indecency laws, right? Where like women smoking in public were, you know, that was considered like indecent, you know, exposure, you know, that that yeah. sort of thing. I'm sure we can find a way. Yeah, I mean, we, there, it's it's the it's the Kendi thing. Yes, exactly. That's what I was going to say. We need to find we <laughs> yeah. need to find where the disparities are in like between women and men, and where the women commit the thing the most, and then ramp up the penalties for that. Like for those specific crimes, I understand some men will go down for this effort and, you know, I appreciate them, but like just ramp up, uh, the, the highly, the crimes that are predominantly committed by women. What are we talking about? It's usually fraud. I I mean, isn't it, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it the Kennedy thing that it's like, uh, past, past discrimination must be rectified with present and present discrimination. discrimination. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, so really, what we need to do is we need to do this with the criminal justice system, and really just—I guess there's a high probability my daughter's going to jail. You know, it's amazing. <laughs> this all this, I mean, this all just led me to be fully supportive of expanding the draft to include women. <laughs> <laughs> Area. Wow. <laughs> we've, arri- wow. we've arrived at like a decision and a change of mind. That's great. So you're, you've arrived at the same calculus that, that the, uh, you know, the sponsors of the bill probably had. It's a very, very low cost way to, you know, check some boxes and score some points probably for the future. 
Yeah. I have some bones yeah. to pick, and this is a way to like <laughs> get a, get a tiny needle in. <laughs> yeah, right, is it? Can... I mean, you're, you're. I mean, like Brad, you're the Democrat, so I mean, Not can easy, you tell easy. us? Easy. Vaguely. Like, can't you just you use the hard D? You gotta use I mean, the light the Democrat. I'm By the way, the Ben is the Democrat. I mean, ben is, I mean yes. both of you. So, like, yeah, can't you just like explain to? The lowly, simple-minded libertarian, sure. like Ileana and myself, uh-huh. why this is possibly a good thing. No, I but don't I, get it. No, but I can I can very clearly explain to you why we get to pass laws like this. <laughs> why, like why why we are the ones who are putting forth legislation that I now support, apparently, but. Why we get to put forth legislation. Is that because you have won? Is that because you have actually won and are in power? No, we haven't won. You've lost. <laughs> oh. I mean, no, you're, but you're, let's you're, be clear. Nobody's winning. Nobody's winning. Nobody's winning. winning. <laughs> nobody's no. winning. Thank you, Ben. If, if no, anybody no, no, feels like they're winning, they're fucking wrong. Nobody's winning. <laughs> Libertarian. Ben and I are in the game. Just, yeah, yeah, Ileana, we are not in the game. <laughs> No, so we're not, uh, we're not even yeah. in the league. So so to to strong man to iron man, I guess star man, whatever the hell angel calls it. Uh, uh-huh. um, this argument a little bit. <laughs> Galaxy madness. Uh, the reason that you do it is because it, it it is the the right thing to do, right? Like if you're gonna have a draft and it's gonna apply to people, it should apply to everyone according to their you know. <laughs> I'm trying according to their ability, right? So like you're still going to have people that can't serve because they're, they're broke, right? And that's actually 70% of the American population, which gets to that aspect of it, right? So like a huge chunk of the American population can't serve under current standards, would be not allowed to enlist, uh, as Aaron was talking about earlier, or become officers or anything like that. And that number has gone up in my lifetime. It has not gone down. Um so you need that pool if that's what you're going to go for. So you want the <coughs> – so I, I mean I remember guys who were physically just weak, 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 weak all the way around. And I'm still shocked that they made it through uh, the Army. Um, and I could tell you that, yeah, the women were definitely stronger than them. Um, see, that's, that's the, the star man argument, right? Like you need as many options as you can get. Use all the tools in the toolbox to get it. Um, it's not getting better in terms of personnel. And in, in a very abstract moral sense, if we're really going to be in a country that, that is supposedly equal under the law, then yeah, that means women should serve. That's the star man argument. Now, I don't, I don't have a strong feeling about this because as a guy that was in, the question always comes down to, I don't give a fuck who you are or how you feel or anything. It's, I only care if you can do the job. I don't care. I don't care about anything else. I don't care if you're an alcoholic. I don't care if you fuck around on your wife. I don't care if your wife fucks around on you. I don't care beyond what you can deliver to me when we're getting shot at. And if you can't do that, fuck you. I'll take anybody else over you. You can just disappear from my life. I'll trade you in a moment and forget about you forever 10 seconds later. And that's that's the attitude of like the U.S. Army Infantry, right? So there it is. So like that's that mentality. It's a very, it's a very cogent point. I know this is an audio podcast, but Ben, you look like you're in like a Christmas rave. There's a very big green and red flashing. There's some flashing lights. My yeah. camera can't decide what 
uh, filter to use because it's a cheap laptop, guys. I'm I know. <laughs> this, is, I know this is tremendous <laughs> content for everyone. It, was awesome. it, it, it does look like I'm in like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory going through the tunnel <laughs> and shit's getting wild. <laughs> okay, here's my last question for everybody. Um, would you get rid of the draft? Yes. Yes. I would need more information. I, I, I mostly would. How would you mostly get rid of the draft? <laughs> yeah, I want to unpack the last two because I'm interested to know how you mo- a mostly get rid of the draft, but not totally. Exactly. But the other thing that I'm interested in is I'm interested in what, like, what are the the things that you would, that Brad you would, I guess, feel like you would need to see or like the the bits of information or I guess what yeah. Uh, I can make it very easy. Um, listen to the beginning of this podcast where I said, hi, I'm Brad. I don't know what I'm talking about on this topic. Um, I, I don't like making policy w- like changes. Um, I'm probably my instinct is I would be in favor of getting rid of it. Just if that's helpful, but I don't know what I'm talking about. And that m- is a poor guide for making changes to any policy is that fair yeah yeah no that's i agree with that okay so you need more information (laughs) yeah i mean i guess i do (laughs) i mean i don't really know what i'm talking about but i mean in everything i I just i guess i guess my biggest thing my biggest thing is i uh, like what i talked about first is is just how this how selective service and I mean I don't know how it's going to change with penalties penalties becoming less and less severe but yeah I, I I mean I think that's that to me is the the only thing that that I really care about and that I worry about is is we're mm-hmm. going to be subjecting all of these you know we're, we're subjecting people every single year to to become like like less like less than even I am like as a citizen, right? Like less than all yeah. of us are as a citizen. And I, and I just, I don't know. I have a really hard time with that. Um, I mean, if there has like, and, and, and I mean, that's the other thing too, like, like, okay. Freaking God forbid that there is some type of huge war. Okay. Every like, do you honestly believe the government is going to have a hard time conscripting people? Like if they want to go and institute a draft and everything, mm-hmm. it's like you could go and pass that legislation in an afternoon. I, I just, yeah, I, I just, right. I don't, I just don't see what the, the reason for it is now other than being kind of a punitive thing to, poor people <laughs> i just I think well it's yeah it's a it's a sig i mean this most cynical way to put it is a signal to someone right I, i'm yet to identify who this like voting block is but it is a signal towards the kind of equity um kind of instinct or, or voting block that has that will create like downstream negative consequences but that's okay 
Um, like the thing, like, I, I don't think that's okay. So I'm agreeing with you, Aaron, but I, I just want to identify for Brad, the, the group of people it's, it's women that really give a shit about equity in the democratic party. Yes. That's but, a small group, but that is a very vocal and powerful. Okay. Group but a lot selective service is for 18 to 24 year olds. Again, it's this group has been so, fighting for so this shit forever. I understand, but they're fighting for something that will not impact them. I, I, so to them, it's a, it, I live out here among the hippies, Brad. I don't know what to tell you, but that's their thing. Like They want equity. They fought for this stuff. They fought for it in 1975. They fought for it in 95. They're fighting for it now. That's, yeah. that's the group. So I, 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 I want to make sure you understand. Yeah, no, so, I, I do understand yeah. that, and I yeah. can't, and I, um, I don't like disrespect them. Like even I mean I'm sort of joking about them, but they have a, they have a kind of um, ideological coherence that make like I get it. It's interesting that in this particular case, they're almost certainly all older than t- would mm-hmm. be like um, yep subjected to yep. if this draft happened, which I don't know how to feel about that. that that's a little weird. Um, no, I, I mean, look, like, I, I live in the Pacific Northwest just like Ben does. I know exactly who he is talking about. I personally know a half dozen women who are uh, older than myself who are very happy about this on principal grounds. So, and they're, but they're older I mean, than uh, you. Well, and yes, the other thing, too, ancient. is... I mean, I would just, I mean, I, I would like to put a, a, I would like to put right. in an out, like a, a request out there. If anyone listens to this who is in favor of this change in the draft and is between the ages of 18 and 24, please contact us because I would love to talk to you and to do the typical fifth calm thing, of course, send headshots, but like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> no, I, no, no, you, you don't have to. Just, uh, no. just write in. Uh, we, no, S- send the headshots. But no, but I, no, joking aside, like I would be, I, I would be very interested in if there, if there is a block of voters who are glad this change was made, and would be like the draft would affect them, because I mean it's a small enough like window of age that it's necessarily not that many people, but it seems like everyone's doing it to other people. Like no one's like, I want this for me. Like me. I, I yeah. want to there's be drafted. Some, there's some Bernie femmes out there that I suspect are going to answer that call. Yeah. Because you, it would also have to be someone who's not already trying to get into the military as a 22 year old woman. Sure. It's like, I want, I want to possibly have to be in the military right. as a 22 year old woman. In certain circumstances, like uh, who I no no not even that like you're totally willing to just say f it I'm not gonna go and go to my junior year of college and I'm gonna go and get freaking drafted into the military maybe well I mean it's and I mean the the thing that the thing that I don't understand too is that is that the same voting block that we're talking about is also the same voting block that is extremely um, worried about things like systemic racism and things mm-hmm. like that. And who is this going to negatively affect the most? It is going, I mean, 
just if you if you want to break it down by class or you want to break it down by by race because of class, it's it's going to most likely affect poor like black and I mean, yeah, BIPOC people. I mean, who else is it going to affect? And and it's just like, okay, so you're going to go in further, like make it even harder for these folks to go in. I mean, I, I would doubt that you'd be able to get an SBA loan if you if you didn't do your selective service. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, like, I mean, it, that's that's economically handcuffing you for the rest of your life. And so, so I, I just it it the the voting block who's excited about this. I don't understand how they don't see the other side of it about who it's going to negatively affect. And those okay, are so so that like, care about I too. mean, the, the people that you're talking about like are ideologues and that means that their empathy level is a different it's a different thing they have it they're not sociopaths but it's a different jam for them so they don't think about it in terms of who's going to get hurt they only think about it in terms of how this is a good thing and you have again the older women who i'm okay boomer is not a it's a trope for a reason right like (laughs) obsolete thinking is not like an it's not a new it, it is real like it's not like something that is magical um, yeah. And then the younger Bernie Femme types, you know, I, I mean, it, some of them are going to be for this. Some of them, again, are, are super left or like there shouldn't even be an army. You know, like, that's a different story, though. Who is the Bernie Femme who is pro-war enough to be like, yeah, yeah the draft needs to include not, me? Not pro-war, pro-equity. I know. Equity as their watchword. They care about that more than who we bomb. And that's a different mm. thing. Sure, but they they have other they have other beliefs about like more. Yeah, yeah, no, and it, they're absolutely a, co- cognitive dissonance is real, man. I mean, like they're they're literally like I'm totally against war, but women should be in the draft. Yeah, <laughs> how how do you get there? I don't know, but they that's absolutely okay. Well, two things I, that when you get them talking, they will say like, well, women should be drafted because it's it's equal, and then it's like. But you're against war. Oh, absolutely. War, you know, we should never fight a war. Okay. No one has ever done it. We, we're the horrible nation, the aggressor nation all the time. We're I think we should lock them up for equity. <laughs> all right. That would inflate the numbers. So Brad right. is now for women being drafted and No, I would need more information. The people. <laughs> No, you just said before that, before okay, you yes. said more sure. information, you said that you were totally for it. Totally for it. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> it was, it, there was a, a large vein of sarcasm there, but yeah, I mean, now you're. I will express you know, any view on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just flip flopping like a fish on the deck right now, my man. Yep. Just like a true Democrat. I'm just trying it's to find amazing. water. Oh. Wow. Not a, well, okay. I'm not even a true Democrat. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I know. I, I, I'm I think you called us liberty adjacent Democrats. Right. No, you're liberty. You're liberty curious. Liberty curious. <laughs> you're liberty yeah. curious. No, and I love yeah. Democrats. It's just you guys are making such a poor case for this that it like we're curious about it, but we can't find the rationale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like if only like it's like you ha- poor poor Justin Amash like you had him you could be like look at this man who is a normal man and speaks and speaks in sentences that like don't include madness and now it's just the ugh, 
Well, now they got Peter Meyer, but his yeah. his district is going to be gone after redistricting <laughs> is done. He's like the one right. Republican. The Republicans are going to be like, yeah, you can totally cut him. Yeah, you can. In fact, the Michigan Dems are free. Draw his district out of existence, please. We don't need any more of those motherfuckers from Grand Rapids. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, you're Ileana. You're uh, Spike Cohen is going to be in Seattle this next oh, week. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Great. She's not going to vote yeah, for I'm him. A, yeah, I'm. A, I'm. A, I might hit him up. I. I don't know. I. I might. I might vote. I voted in all presidential elections I was eligible to vote in except for this last one. I, I well, mean, there I did. you go. Yeah. Anyway, uh, from this band of Liberty Amorous and Liberty Curious folks, uh, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. This was great fun, you guys. Thank you. That was awesome. Love you all. Take Love care, guys. you too. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. 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 episode please rate subscribe and tell your friends my stuffies like this they're gonna subscribe <laughs>